0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, eight o'clock hour. The man, the myth, the legend. My friend Jay Walker is in studio with me. Good morning, Jello. Game week.
1: Yep. You know, you know that it's a it's a shame that when you do what I do, the busiest week of the year is before the first game. Mm-hmm. And so. It's like I've already had thirty p. You ready? No, I'm really not. I even I don't even, we don't even have a Cajun depth chart yet.
0: Yeah, I know. Game notes were sent last night out to the media, and the first thing I did was open up my phone, and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. Yeah. And it's thirty pages, and I'm like, dang, no depth chart. No.
1: <laughs> that comes tomorrow night. Um, and of course, you know that's made Tim Brando so happy.
0: Why? I missed it. Is he
1: upset about it or something? Well, I mean, he's doing the play-by-play for the game on Saturday, and he didn't have a depth chart either. Timmy B. Um, Before
0: we talk about the Cajuns. Okay. Only the Mets, Jay. Man. Only the Mets. No other team would be so stupid. Here's the deal. Say what you want about booing, okay? Believe whatever you want to believe. The fact is, when you are a player, especially if you're a really, really good one, and Baez maybe was at one point, certainly hasn't been lately. Well, he's not a bad player. No, 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 he's not. But I'm. But where I'm going with this? If you're a really, really good player, you can take on a coach or a manager, and you can come out and you can you could possibly win that battle. You could take on the, you could possibly win the battle. no guarantees. If you're not a good player, it's just and, and but one of the reasons you can possibly come out and win those battles is because you have the support of the fan base. As a professional athlete, when you take on your own fan base, it's not a game that you can win. doesn't mean you're going to get
1: cut or traded. It just means you're never ever going to win that battle. Well, that's definitely true in professional sports. You know, I think it's true in college sports, too. Can you imagine, you know, that, uh, you know, Nick Saban has criticized the fan base at Alabama before because of, you know, the student section or whatever. Let me tell you something. If players start doing that, oh, no, 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 no. You can't win that battle either. So,
0: if you missed it, if you haven't been paying attention, my favorite baseball team struggles with a, you know, Pretty important component of the game of baseball, which is hitting. Mm -hmm. And yes, I get it. Well, you know, the best fail seven out of ten times. No, that no, no, they 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 legit baseball struggle hitting a baseball. And they have gone from first in the NL East to seven games
1: out. And the biggest reason why isn't just because Jacob DeGrom got hurt. It's because they can't hit a baseball. It also is because they played 13 straight games against the Dodgers and Giants, who are only the best team in baseball. There was one of those games I was watching where the Giants were just trying to give them the game. Two errors
0: in the bottom of the ninth, just basic baseball plays. And the Mets still couldn't take advantage and lost by a run because they couldn't hit the ball. So what do the fans do? They boo. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're given a really bad effort after a while, and if you're struggling, they're going to boo. So Baez gets a hit the other day, and he, he gives the old thumbs down, and he and Francisco Linder, they're giving the thumbs down, and they're laughing about it. Now, if he never really gives the real story behind it, and then maybe you find out in a book 10, 20 years later why they did it, you have a little chuckle. But <laughs> Baez was just so bright, he decided to just let everyone know, oh, no, we're booing the fans. They boo us. So when we actually get hits, we're booing them. That's what we're doing. When we have success, because they boo us when we don't have success. I, I don't I don't know what kind of backwards thinking this is. And you could say, oh, well, fans don't look at them as players, blah, blah, blah. Just stop it. It's booing in professional baseball for a team that can't hit. <laughs> if the fans aren't booing, it means they don't care. And then, of course, the Mets make it even worse by having Sandy Alderson come out, and he's like, this is completely unacceptable. We have the best fans. None of the—I mean—they were making it sound like bias put death threats out on everyone, which made it even worse. But he has to side with the fans we're because sure he if he can't, I mean, it's just—it's a battle you can't win. In in their minds, they're just
1: thinking like, "Oh yeah, this is bias. We're, we're in our right here." Bias thinks that's bad. Trade him to Philly. Good lord, man! Only the Mets could just—just just,
0: you know, yeah, trade him to Philly, or they boo everybody. Only the Mets. And um, I don't know, man. It comes across as like – I'm trying not to sound like a generation that's, that's older than mine. No offense. But it comes across like these guys are some snowflakes here. Mm-hmm. It's booing. Mm-hmm. Now, when fans start saying other things and crossing the line, I will always call them out. Sure. Booing in professional sports. Booing happens. It's Okay. Of course, it happens in New York, too. You ever been catfished? No. Me neither. But don't get too arrogant about it. Because even ESPN can be catfished. Yes, they can. And they were. Bishop Sycamore was never existed in Columbus. (laughs) I mean, a person named Bishop Sycamore. And an actual school didn't either, but... You know, you got a head coach out there wanted for an arrest warrant allegedly for fraud that recruits players that played in JUCO or in grade schools, puts them together and decides to play the fourth most difficult schedule in the country where they don't win a game and they get beat up and they're certainly probably violating health protocols. <laughs> um, but if you're scamming a church and getting money out of it. That's what they were doing. Maybe you shouldn't go on national TV and announce. It's like if you were catfishing someone, you probably don't want to end up on the MTV documentary Catfish unless you wanted to get caught. Like somebody got on that show, Jay, but like the catfisher, which sounds funny, reached out to MTV and said, I want to be on the show. I want you to catch me instead of the other way around where they do the, you know, right. they put on their sleuth hats. This is what this school did. They were like, let's just go on ESPN so everyone can catch us. That story is wild, man. ESPN was quick to blame. I don't know if it was Paramore, Paragon, somebody that books these things for them. It's like, okay, but it. this is still on you. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is still on you. I love how they just were looking for someone and the schools like, we have some D1 prospects. Good enough for us. We'll take your word for it. You ever tried to call a high school
1: game without a roster sheet? Um, yes. And and what I had to do was when I found out there was no roster sheet, I had to go down before the, uh, the game started and talk to one of the coaches and said, okay, Tell me all of the people on offense that are going to touch the football. Name and number. Name and number. I don't need to know what year they are. I don't need to know how, what they weigh. I don't need to – name and number. Quarterback, running backs, receivers. I didn't worry about anything else. I did a, uh, I think it was – it
0: might have been a Jamboree game once, and I was calling Acadiana games for a few years, and they were playing a team I – won't, I won't name them. But the team did not provide – a roster, and I was like, this was like, I was just like, oh, my God, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do? And I would go, I think I left here, got off the air from doing an afternoon show and went over there. So I didn't have, like, all this time. I mean, we're talking (laughs) 20 minutes for kickoff, 15, and God bless him, the Hall of Famer Dan McDonald happened to be there, and he had downloaded some online, and he had an extra for me. I'm like, dude, you are coming through in the clutch. But I was thinking to
1: myself... How does the school not bring these? Like just to provide to the media, you know. I, um, you know, the game and the game that I did was a t. This was a TV game, okay. Now, early in my broadcasting career, came in Hackberry, okay. Where is that? Hackberry is near the Texas border. Okay. You know, it's. It's way out. It's there. in Louisiana though. Yeah, it's a it's like a it was a class C school that was playing football, so they were therefore designated class A, but they were a class C school. They had rosters. They had rosters. They had rosters. It's about to say, So they were not Bishop Sycamores. No. They had rosters. Got to have a roster. Hackberry
0: Mustangs. There you go. Good for them. All right. Learn something new today. ESPN1420.com. Phone lines are open for you guys, 269 1077. You can tweet the show as well at ESPN1420, or you can email us, Scott, at ESPN1420.com. We're five days out, and I know, like you said, when it's game week, there's all these things from a media standpoint that have to be done before. So by the time you get in the booth, it's almost like a, is there anything left? You know, it's like when you have one of those days at work where you're. From the time you wake up. So by the time you lay down in bed, you can't just like relax or turn your mind off because you're still in that mode. It's like you finally get to the booth and it's like, is there something else? Is there something else? Now it's kickoff. Then you settle in and, and you do a great job with it, Jay. How much have you been able to even really think about this matchup this
1: week? Well, you know, I've thought about it. Um because it's the season opener, and heck, I've been thinking about it all summer. Texas. You know? It's Texas. And it's Texas. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's something that I've been thinking about. Um, now, I haven't thought about it as much in the last 10 days or so. Uh, and I have a lot of work to do between now and Friday when we get on a plane. But, of course, I've thought about it. And, you know, by the way, we're not scheduling them anymore. Because every time we schedule them, there's a hurricane the week before. Because six days after Katrina, we played at Texas. And now, a a week after Ida, we're going to play at Texas. So we're not scheduling them anymore.
0: What do you think the deepest position on the roster is?
1: I think um, def- both defensive back and wide receiver. I was thinking secondary. Yeah, yeah. they they I, you know they go a, a legit ten or eleven deep. I think in the secondary. Well, actually, more than that, when they play their nickel package, and and you have the star position in the game. Uh, and you know, I, Tim Leger one day said that he felt like he had sixteen guys in the room that he could count on to catch pass. So that's pretty deep. When you when you when you
0: think about those two positions in particular, and how much those positions are utilized on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Leje said it, right? Whoever can really put in the work on special teams and make a difference are going to be the ones to travel. Um, are the Cajun special teams going to be really good this year considering they're going to have some of the better players at two positions they've been as deep at as they have in school history?
1: thought the Cajun special team pretty damn good last year. Your know, special
0: team so much focuses on the kicker and punter, but it's, it's so much deeper.
1: than. Well, that. you know, you've got, you've got a guy who returned a punt for a touchdown. You've got a kickoff guy who returned mm. two kicks for a touchdown. And I'm not even talking about that. All-American. Go back and look. How many punts get returned against Reese Burns? The answer is not many. And it's also true of, of Nate Snyder as the kickoff guy. Uh, they do an excellent job, or Snyder especially, does an excellent job of using the sideline as a defender to limit returns. Um, you know, Reese does a great job of kick kicking the football away from the returner. Um, the Cajuns cover kicks well. They have returned kicks well. Special teams is a strength for the Cajuns, and it has been for a couple of years now. I think Chris Couch,
0: you know, deserves a little more praise as the special teams coordinator because it as you said it's kind of been one of the overlooked keys and if you have a the, 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 I think you had a Paul Boudreaux had a bad day. He had some missed kicks in a game and and you still were able to overcome them but because it seems like in special teams it's almost like I'm not going to compare it to that. I was about to say it's like the old line you kind of don't notice when they're doing good it, it's it's a little different that you what you notice most are the mistakes or the returns mm-hmm. um by your own guys, yeah all the other things going on, man they if if they're doing them really good, they don't it's not like after a game, if you're you know talking on post game or or we're talking on the rage, we're saying, Man, the kickoff coverage was so good on that. That led to this. It's you might think about it a day or two later, but you're just you're thinking about the big plays and ultimately it gets
1: overlooked, but it has been
0: a vital part of the team's success.
1: Fans always overlook the kicking game. They talk about the offense and the defense. Nobody talks about the kicking game. Um, kicking game is going I think is going to be one of the keys to this game on Saturday.
0: I agree. I agree. And it, it, B. John Robinson, I was talking to Coach Napier about him last hour. He is, um, you know, he's one of the better running backs in the country and field position. Texas hudson Carter's a starter. You may see the other young man as well. Looks like you will. But Looks like they're going to play them both. Just, and, and they're both similar in terms of, like, their skill set. As Coach Napier said, we don't have to really change our, our defensive game plan much. But they're going to try to run that football, play the field position battle, and flipping the field, man, on special teams, and then when you got a chance to sink one and get three, take advantage. But ultimately, I I do think that's how you close the gap in a game that now is what eight and a half point spread at most of the books.
1: Yeah, who um, who's Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year last year? I don't know. Running back from from Iowa State. Oh. Reese, yeah, and 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 the Cajuns did okay against him. You know, the, he got over 100 yards rushing, but he never broke the big one. And part of that's probably they did a good job on
0: him, and it was close enough the whole game that it's not like oh well now we can ground and pound and we we own the time of possession and you're having to play catch up. So we can really just milk the clock. Where all of the game plan kind of just fell on it. It was he got his hundred, but they were hard earned, and because it was a close game, it never really. Played to his
1: strengths. Second key: don't give up the big play. You know, Imagine. if you if the other team drives down, they score. Okay. Okay. You get a first down, and then you got to kick it back, and then on the second play, they break one for seventy something yards. Now seven points has become fourteen in a hurry. Now you're behind the eight ball. So yeah. don't give up the big play. ESPN fourteen twenty and com. This is not rocket science, okay? So we've gotten to kicking game. Don't give up the big play. And we know that the most important statistic in college football is turnover margin. You've got to win that battle. You can't you can't play him. You can't play them even and win the game. You have to win the turnover battle. Do those three things. It's a game in the fourth quarter. And if it's a game in the fourth quarter, I'd like the Cajuns' chances. Deepest team the Cajuns have ever had? Uh, yeah, I think from a depth standpoint, yes. Uh, because there, there's no position on this team that you look at and say, okay, we're really thin here, except maybe the nose tackle position. Um, because Big Sauce is the guy. But the guys behind him have had issues with their health during their careers. So there's a little
0: What's the phrase you love to say? The the, the Northeastern and you were fishing in the same hole. Yeah. I mean, that's these are the things that are going through my mind, Jay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, boy, the middle of that D line. And I can't get away from I mean, you talked about the keys or so don't give up the play, big play turnover. I'm just thinking run defense. Like that what I think of U. L. Texas, I think Cajun run defense. I think of Taylor Humphrey. I think of the importance of that. That's why I brought up Bijan Robinson earlier. But that's that's my in my. I mean, all the other stuff goes without saying, but we'll say it. Like you said, don't give up the play. Don't turn the ball over. Run defense for the Cajuns.
1: Run defense is going to be big because you you want Card to throw the football when he has to, not when he wants to. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is to slow the running game down. And then you go ahead and you get after the quarterback and you force him into mistakes. Texas, like what college do you think
0: has the richest running back tradition in football? Texas is, it's, it's up there. You it think it Earl is Earl Campbell, Ricky Williams.
1: You know, for years, Cedric Benson. There was a time years ago where I would have said Nebraska. I mean, cuz they were right there. They were right there as good as anybody. Woo. Speaking of Nebraska. Oh, I know, right. Scott Frost. Eesh.
0: Man. It is not good. And and I mean this when I say it. Because I've been there with you. One of the better fan bases in all of sports. I like when Nebraska is good at football. Maybe it's just nostalgia or whatever. I was never a big Huskers fan. I never had anything against them either. But there was something cool and pure about it and all this. And it's like, it. it you get rid of... Guys, because they're winning nine games, ten games a year, nine games a year. Frank Solich, I mean, yeah, they're not winning national titles, but they're winning games, and then you just keep getting rid of the next guy and the next guy, and then you, oh, here we go. He's coming home. He just won what he claimed was a national championship at UCF, and he's from here, and this is going to fit all the – and it, he's just – it's been bad. It's been bad. And you lose to Brett Bielman, Illinois in opening week. Week zero, and and Bielema
1: said it was borderline erotic. <laughs> that guys guys dropped some lbs. Good for him. He's lost like forty pounds. He has, he has. I like Bielema.
0: He's he's a he is. I'll say this: college football coaches, the there there are certain ones that are just characters that like if you put them somewhere else, it just doesn't work. Except in college football, and Brett right. Bielema... Is one hundred percent college football coach. He is just a caricature, and I find him entertaining.
1: I think he's entertaining also, and you know he just looks like (laughs) he just looks like he's a hell of a guy, you know. And I know I he never fit at our like his personality kind of fit at Arkansas, but his
0: style of coaching, what he wanted to do, it just it wasn't it wasn't made to work in the SEC, right. Being back in the Big Ten is where that guy belongs. Oh, absolutely in the Midwest. Absolutely. What other games have your interest in Week One? I know you won't be able to, you know, watch them. But well,
1: you know, obviously Clemson and Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'll and I'll say this too. If there was ever a game where both coaches needed their teams and themselves to get off to a good start, it's in Pasadena on Saturday.
0: I like I like LSU in that one I also like that UCLA beat Hawaii by a lot mm-hmm. um chip Kelly it's it he it, it's weird to get a it's weird to get a grasp on he's been there long enough now where this is this is make or break for him and you also know that if LSU were to lose that game
1: I mean you talk about panic setting in yes well you know I I thought that uh Pat 40 who writes for Sports Illustrated now um, did a great job talking about the overreaction of fans after Week One because it happens everywhere. Okay, we just we just did a little spiel about how Nebraska is absolutely done. You know, hey, good for Brett Bielema. Well, Illinois not any good. Okay, they're not gonna they're not gonna was, go. It, no, no, but like Nebraska's bad. Yes, well, probably, but. But look, let me tell you something. If UCLA doesn't win that game, it might be the beginning of the end for Chip Kelly. If if LSU loses that game, the honeymoon's over with Coach O. It's over. Right now, you got a okay. Well, pandemic, da, 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 five and five. Okay, you lose that game. Sizzle,
0: sizzling <laughs> hot. Yes, indeed. I I I think. I think the Tigers are going to win that. You got a doubleheader on Fox: Louisiana and Texas, and then it's LSU and UCLA. For those of you that aren't traveling to Austin that are watching the game on Fox, we invite you to turn down the volume on the TV with respect to our friend Tim Brando, because you need to hear the man Jay Walker, Chris Lano on the call with you for that first yeah, game.
1: Yeah, Chris will be with me,
0: and um, and and for fun. folks
1: for folks that aren't aware, okay, um, Gerald Broussard had a procedure done. Uh, a few weeks ago uh the plan is for him to be back with us in october um Chris Lano and of course, Chris moved from Houston to New Orleans, and so he's got mm-hmm. some stuff to deal with, but he'll be with me uh on Friday, and the plan is I think for him to do the the first three games and then we'll have somebody for Georgia Southern and then you know not long and then he'll be at South Alabama, and then we'll see what happens after that. <sighs>
0: ESPN fourteen twenty.
1: Um, if anybody would like to be a guest analyst for HBCU <laughs> football, that. Would be a lot of people
0: hitting up your inbox. Oh, here's man. why I should be. Uh, other notable games: Penn State, Wisconsin, in terms of top twenty-five, Indiana and Iowa. Um, of course, we mentioned Clemson and Georgia. That's uh, the big one on the
1: national scale. Uh, La Tech at Mississippi State has no. some people interested. Mississippi State's a 23-and-a-half point favorite in that game. Tulane and Oklahoma,
0: unfortunately, the way we're going to be hosting Oklahoma, now they have to travel to Oklahoma and they're based out of Birmingham for the time being. That's a tough one.
1: As far as the... um As, as far as the stuff off the field is concerned, Tulane is going to get all the net receipts from that game. Um, and... They also there had they they also have agreed that they will schedule a future game in New Orleans, uh, with Oklahoma, um, but those two things were well, good are, for OU. Yeah, because I, I it was think one so. of
0: those two for ones where Tulane was going there twice. One was a money, one was a home and home, and now my worry was like they're they're never going to get that home game against Oklahoma. But hearing that OU's doing that, that's good for them. Yeah, hats off to the Sooners. Uh, you I'm just going through state schools when I'm uh, why I brought up LaTeX. ulM at Kentucky um I don't know what the line is in that one it's probably a whole bunch though.
1: Uh, uh, I'm sure it is um and you know of course as far as other nationally look Miami's not going to beat Alabama but I'm really interested Me too. in how that yeah. game unfolds.
0: Miami's going to be good. They're not going to win
1: that game, but Miami's going to be really good this year. I think they're going to have one of the better teams they've had maybe in a decade. You got, um,
0: okay, I got the line, 31, Kentucky's 31 against ULM. Bottom of the hour. It's Tuesday. Yeah, we got college football. Yeah, we have, you know, um, TED Talks on booing in sports. Really not. Talks, just why the Mets, I don't know why, only the Mets. In fake high schools,
1: but up next, it's terrible. Tune. Tuesday. On ESPN 1420 and .com. I got a question. Refresh my memory. Where are they from? Sweden. Okay. So you've got, in, in this hand, you've got ABBA and Roxette. And then you've got... Who, who, who is this? Nick and uh, the family. Nick and the family. Number one in Sweden. and chart anywhere else. And Rednecks.
0: Now that one did chart all over the world. Yeah. Roxette. God bless me. Gone too soon. That's one of the greatest duos in rock and roll history. I mean, that's some strong words, but that's how Roxy's early was 90s, really they good. were everywhere and their and that those like six mega hits they had still hold up today.
1: Mhm. Agree. All right.
0: For those of you that are listening after the fact On Demand, you missed Terrible Tune Tuesday. Oh, man. Have to listen live for it. Yeah. For others of you, you're like, okay, good. Um, Saints got to cut their roster down to 53 by today at three. And Devontae Freeman, not a surprise, one of the cuts, the former Falcons pro bowler who I said when they signed with him, hey, Scott, you are going to root for him now?
1: I was like, he ain't going to
0: make the team. I'm not rooting for him.
1: If he makes the team, I'll root for him. He didn't make the team. So, does this mean Latavius Murray does make the team? It looks like it. Okay. It looks like it. Um, Tony Jones Jr.
0: outplayed he and Freeman in camp. I mean, Freeman just looked bad. But Latavius, okay, so he's good in pass blocking. Boy, in those two preseason games, I mean, he's moving like he's running through sand. Guy's like dredging through the swamp in boots or something. It's like, what, what did you do in the offseason? My goodness. Moving you know, as fast as as Jay Walker
1: after a, a night of whiskey with, with Craig, my um my Sports Illustrated came in with the uh, the NFL preview. Uh huh. They have the Saints making the playoffs. Playoffs as as like the number seven seed. Sure, sure. Okay. As a lot, the, a lot as, of people feel that way. They but they they've got them like at ten and seven. I just I, can't. I I'm not I, I'm not seeing that. I will celebrate
0: ten and seven. I would sign off on that right now oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat.
1: Absolutely. I'm worried, man. I mean they, oh, I'm, they, not, they I'm not I'm not worried. I'm I understand the fact that you know, we talked about that window. Windows closed now. You now you find another way to get it done. It's just it's not just that. Okay, you transition a quarterback.
0: It's all of the changes on this team. It's all of these injuries and other things. It's who's going to play quarterback too. It's the D-line. It's all it's just it's all of it. It's all of it. All of it. But it's I can't help it. I'm still going to root like crazy for them and I'm going to worry and I'm going to hope that they do really well, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Saints are going to be 10 and 7 because I don't
1: believe that. I'm I'm with you, dude. I think their record may have a 7 and a 10 in it, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in the order that Sports Illustrated said. Well,
0: and Jameis is going to be a wild ride, I'm just saying. There
1: are going to be some days where it's like, oh
0: my God, how did he do that? And oh my God, how did he do that? Yep, that's exactly right. Hopefully, if they, it, have, <laughs> if
1: they have more of the first, then maybe yeah, they go 10 and 7. You'll be
0: saying curse words. It's not so much saying them, it's how you say it. Exactly. All right, Jay. Thanks for coming in, brother. We'll hear you uh, Saturday. Look forward to it. From Austin. Don't go anywhere. Greenies next. It's ESPN 1420 tomorrow. Doctor Brian Maggard will join me at 8:30. Might have some special guests in the seven o'clock hour as well. Stay tuned for that. I'll talk to you guys then. Chaka run chaka run chaka run chaka run